Since the dawn of civilization, humans have endeavored to become stronger and faster. From the invention of the wheel to today, history is replete with men and women who have applied innovation to fitness. But in the past 50 years, while millions have made livings in this industry, a select few have taken that passion to the highest level, creating brands and products known across the globe. Today we celebrate these pioneers, for they are the Gym Class Heroes. All right, welcome to Gym Class Heroes of Fitness, the podcast. I am Lee Kessler with Jose Giovanni as always. And this show is presented by Athletic Business and the iClubs Conference coming to you uh, November 20th through 22nd in San Diego, California, where you get ideas for innovators in the independent club world. And you can also, in addition to hearing the great Ken Dykewald, you can meet or hear or be in the same room as Irvin Magic Johnson. So if that's not reason enough to know, to go, I don't know what would be. Um, but speaking of independent innovators, I think today's guest may be absolutely one of the, uh, the nobody fits that description uh, as well as anybody we have spoken with, uh, Randy Hetrick, the founder of TRX. Randy, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here with you guys. From San Francisco, correct? Indeed, yes. In the, a beautiful day here. It is. It's always a beautiful day in San Francisco. You're uh, in your your how many how many offices have you had since you started TRX? This is our well. Do you count my garage as an office? Absolutely. Then four. Uh, I went from garage to a place even more pathetic than my garage that I paid rent for, but fortunately not much. To uh, a decent sized place, uh, which now is the flagship TRX training center that we still have. Uh, to something more, I guess, more opulent. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of a locker room style guy, so this is a, a little more law firm than I probably would have picked, but uh, <laughs> but it's pretty. Very nice, and that's all within the journey of eight years. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah, this is, I guess, uh, you know, I guess this may technically be our uh, ninth year that we will be going into in 2014, uh, if you count my first year. You know, myself and my dog Blue driving around, spelling out of my trunk. That's I really right. hope your dog's name was Blue, and that wasn't just for effect, right there. Oh no, Blueberry actually, a 110-pound black lab. Oh, very nice. And a founding partner in TRX. He is. He was the co-founder. Yes, rest his soul. He left us last year, but uh, but he but he is always in my memory. Oh, beautiful. Oh, very nice. Beautiful dog. So, so I, I've got to ask the question because you said you're you're not into the lawsuit like uh, uh, law law office type uh, culture. Uh, one of the and I've got two very funny stories for you about my experience personally with TRX. Uh, first one is uh, and I and I I do TRX uh, as part of my workout once every once a week or once every nine seven to ten days. Uh, I was doing the the, the push ups. I missed it. Uh, my right arm didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, sort of stabilize myself. Maybe the second time I'm using this thing, fell flat on my face, um, and from six inches up off the ground, that still hurts. I just want you to, as the owner, <laughs> I am telling you that uh, there was a lawsuit there somewhere. I think. 
Well, you know, uh, there's a lawsuit everywhere if uh, if if somebody's got the, the the wrong motivation. So you know that that doesn't surprise me. But you see, you bounced, and you won't forget that lesson. Right? <laughs> I I have been very careful ever since. It's just like my entrepreneurial career. You know, sometimes sometimes you end up on your face, but as long as you bounce back up, you don't do it again. Yeah. And well, first of all, how do you you cannot sue a former Navy SEAL? I, that cannot be allowed in our Constitution. Yeah, well, you can, but then you have to run and hide very quickly. <laughs> spread that spread that word, would you? Because no one ever used to want to sue us when we had nothing, but it is a strange correlation to the desire of people to sue and, and your, your balance sheet. Uh, as, as one goes up, so does the other. Well, congratulations like a, on your success. Yeah, congratulations on your success in your lawyer's retainer. Yeah, fantastic. So what was your second one, Ho? Uh, well, the second one was, and at some point you've got to go back and, and, and validate this, but uh, first year we were, uh, so Randy, you should know, when, when we started MotionSoft, uh, you guys started TRX uh, at almost the exact same time. And very interesting, this is, this is also our, we're going into our ninth year as well. Um, and one of the very first trade shows I went to, uh, I'm, um, it was Club Industry. Uh, it was probably one of your very first trade shows. And I can tell you, and I, I will, if there's any way I can validate this or if you can verify it, I think I was one of your very first customers. Well, uh, you might well have been if you went to a Club Industry, you know, in the way back, probably 2005, 2006, you would have found me on this bizarre door contraption that I had built to illustrate uh, what was then referred to as the Travel X. It was before uh, it was before we had kind of evolved the name, and uh, and yeah, you probably did. You may have been one of our first customers. I want to validate that because I, I've got to figure out. I got to go back through my old credit card statements and find out if, in fact, I because this is really about me, Randy. It's, it's not really about you so much. It's about my vision and being able to see what a great product was in front of me. Um, so I, I, at some point, I'm going to have to go back and validate. But I have the original TRX that has the straps that connect to the top of my door. Uh, with comes in same. I assume you're still using the same mesh bag. I don't actually know that. Um, and it has the little poster that folded out and it showed you the 15 or 20 exercises you could do. Yeah, that that sounds like one of our early uh, early models, and uh, we do still we do still put them in a in a mesh bag, a better mesh bag now than we used then. Uh, but yeah, still in the mesh bag, and you know the the designs have evolved over the years as we've figured out better ways to uh, you know to to serve the various user types, and and uh, as our systems and kind of knowledge base has grown. Uh, our products and our uh, our content and our education have have grown as one would hope. So, so oh, go ahead, Lee. So, uh, so I want to now that we've interviewed Hossein for about ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to. So you have one of the coolest stories uh, ever to come out of fitness. And uh, I mean, are you 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 were a Navy SEAL, um, a commander, and you needed to find a way for your your troops to uh to exercise where they were are are you tired of telling the story or is it still fun to tell no i mean hey every every great thing that i ever learned i learned in the seal teams and so i'm always 
I'm always uh, proud and happy to, uh, to shine some light back on that incredible organization. Um, and, and, you know, this story is, it, it's, it's preposterous, right, in, in a lot of respects. Um, and, but, but wonderfully so, you know, it was the original invention of necessity. That, that's how and why I came up with the straps. Uh, and so, no, I'm, I, I, never, I never really get tired of, of, uh, of telling that story because it's so improbable and it is kind of fun. So put us in put us in the place. I mean, where what's going on when you when you create this? What what is the situation that requires it? Well, the the if you think back to kind of the middle of the '90s, um, we were doing a lot of deploying in a lot of different places, and the Clinton administration had sort of figured out this kind of nifty little way of it was it was deterrence through deployment, and we deployed a lot um, to a lot of different places for a lot of different things which kept the, the squadron on the road a lot and, you know, SEALs, but more broadly, all of the special ops uh, forces are essentially, you know, kind of pro athletes in military, in, in, in military uniforms. Right. So you have to stay in peak condition uh, all the time. And it's tough to do when you're deployed into, you know, a safe house or a little, Wharfside, uh, you know, warehouse or on a ship or a sub. So you come up with innovative ways to, you know, to train without a world-class gym. Obviously, we had one when we were back uh, at the command, but you deploy abroad and suddenly your options go down considerably. And I had a big bodyweight training background. You know, I'd been a wrestler and a martial artist, and so uh, bodyweight exercise was always a big part of what I did. And I ended up deploying on an operation uh, accidentally with my, my jujitsu blue belt stuffed into one of my deployment bags. And we ended up forward deployed in a, in a little warehouse uh, where we couldn't go outside. And I was sitting there and, you know, guys, uh, all, all athlete, all prima donna athletes, including uh, SEALs, you know, grow bored easily. And when they do, they start bitching. And so, uh, you know, sitting around grousing about why and how we couldn't work out, uh, I happened to look down and see that I'd brought this belt and I took it and tied a knot over the end of, the end of one end of it, went through it over one of the internal doors in the warehouse and just started playing around with how to exercise the climbing muscles for an underway ship mission where you're scaling the side of a, of a freighter with, you know, 100 pounds of gear on your back. And you need to keep the climbing muscle sharp to uh, get up over the edge as quickly as possible. And I started messing around. I think the first exercise technically in, in suspension training history was the power pull. You know, the one arm, which, which Hussein, presumably, uh, since, since your trainers got you on the straps, you can <laughs> power pull. But, you know, you guys talk about, about innovation and, and entrepreneurship on this show. And, uh, I mean, I, I really believe that, that it's – creating something great, very often it's that, it's that convergence between sort of experience, circumstance, need, and luck. And they all have to kind of come together at the same moment. For me, you know, it was, it was truly uh, what happened. I ended up in a place with the background and the need, and I had a little bit of lucky, uh, uh, you know, had, having had stuffed this blue belt in my bag, which shouldn't have been there by any 
you know, under any rational circumstance, I certainly wasn't going to go, you know, grappling on this mission, uh, and and yet it was, and so that was the component of luck, and they all came together, uh, and you know, anybody could have uh, thought of creating a strap, a bodyweight training harness to train on, but I was the one who did, and I've had, you know, hundreds of people come up to me over the years and say, God, you know, I used to use something like this in my garage, and I should have, I should, you know, and I always tell them, yeah, you should have, but, uh, <laughs> but there was an awful lot of risk uh, involved in, in, you know, me actually doing it, and yeah. uh, fortunately it worked out. So, uh, did you, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested going back to prior to being a, a SEAL, were you, what were you going to be growing up? I mean, was that always your life? I'm, I'm going into the military? No, 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 never. I, I was, you know, my mom was a, was a, a diehard tree hugging lib. I think she was horrified that I, uh, that I you know, gravitated toward the military. Uh, are you from San Francisco? Uh, no, I, I actually grew up, I spent a couple of years in Berkeley, but I grew up mostly down in Southern California in a little place called Corona Del Mar. And then, and then later on Huntington beach. Cool. Um, but, uh, no, I, I was, you know, I'd been a, a wrestler and a volleyball player in high school. And, uh, and then in college, uh, I became a rower and took up martial arts. And that was kind of early in, you know, right, right when the Gracies were starting to uh, introduce this crazy concept of Brazilian jiu-jitsu into the martial arts world, kind of turn it on its head. And, uh, and then when I was in, in uh, I went to undergrad at USC where I was rowing and I just got this itch that, uh, you know, I couldn't quite figure out how to scratch, and I decided that I wanted to uh, test myself. That was the primary motivation, and the secondary motivation was I wanted to do some sort of service, and those two things came together uh, with, you know, my decision that, all right, I'm going to go into the military and serve for four years and then go back to business school, uh, and, you know, as it turned out, I ended up serving for 14 and going back to business school, but the, uh, the, the, the defining uh, selection criteria for me was simple. It was the program, I, I was searching for the program with the highest attrition uh, during the indoctrination program. That was, that was my sole uh, criteria. Because that was the ultimate test. Yeah, that was, that was the test part. You know, I was going to serve in any of the services, uh, in any of the units. So I wanted the biggest kind of man test that I could find. And when I found out that, you know, the, the SEAL teams had an 85% attrition rate during selection, I thought, man, now that sounds interesting. Jeez. Well, you went from 85% attrition in, in the Navy SEALs to 50% attrition in fitness industry. Uh, so you're, you're, you're making life easy for yourself, Randy. <laughs> in the right direction. You're heading in the right direction. Um, curious, curious to know your thoughts on on healthcare. Given sort of you, you come. You're, you, uh, well, I think you, the exact words you used were uh, tree hugging liberal mom, and uh, you you obviously were involved in a in a cause that was probably far from that with the Navy SEALs. Um, so recently read a not recently a couple months ago read a study about um, how the AMA had decided that. Uh, obesity uh, was now a disease, okay, uh, which basically means that you're not responsible to a certain extent uh, for your for your own health. 
uh, first of all, this will determine whether or not the, the seals had more of an impact on you or, or your mom. But where, what are your thoughts on that? And sort of where do you see that? Uh, uh, how do you see that affecting the industry? And specifically, how does that help TRX or hurt TRX? Well, that's a big question. I mean, that's a loaded question, of course, which I uh, readily acknowledge. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty I, politically. I'm right down the middle. So, so I I find that liberating in that I'm not, uh, you know, doggedly adherent to any kind of of uh, of dogma. I am I'm very practical. I think that uh, there's no question that obesity has a, and, and it doesn't even have to be obesity. Obesity is too strong a word because I think that, that being overweight is not good for you. You know, there's all kinds of maladies that start with carrying too much weight, and there's absolutely a genetic component to that, you know, and undeniably. Um, there's also a behavioral component to it. Um, so, you know, you know, the nature-nurture, both are in effect. Um, I think that to the extent that someone has the benefit of being involved early in sports and fitness, they have a distinct advantage, even if they have a genetic predisposition to being overweight. Um, you know, there are people who are really fortunate who, who just have great genes, and they could sit back, eat Cheetos, and smoke cigarettes all day and live to 100. There aren't that many of those, but, but the ones that do, you know, really, really got life by the balls. And, and you know, the, the best combination, obviously, is, you know, the one that has the genetic predisposition toward a lean frame and gets into sports and fitness early. And, and you know, but unfortunately, that isn't always the case. So uh, that's kind of how I feel about about the, the weight, the overweight epidemic in the United States. It's exacerbated by, you know, the, the massive proliferation of technology and video games and uh, that's unfortunate because we had enough of a problem before these came along. Um, it's an opportunity for a company like, like ours. Um, you know, the mission of TRX is to democratize world-class training. And, you know, we can talk about what that means if you guys are interested. But I'm very interested, actually. The, the, you know, what it means, and never, I, I'm not sure ever in history, except maybe when they were putting together the uh, Declaration of Independence, have, have you know, more teeth been gnashed over five simple words. Um, we really wanted to get at the essence of what this company was going to be about when we defined that mission, you know, five years ago now. And, you know, we started with training. Training is for us, uh, you know, it is our definition, and it is what you may have heard us refer to if you follow TRX as the triple threat. It's really innovative product design, world-class uh, content program, design, all resting on an industry-leading platform of education so that we can deliver to the pros who make their living training, treating, uh, you know, others. And so that was what training was. Um, and then world-class, that means that we design for the best athletes on earth, uh, so, you know, sort of validated by the best on earth, but available to everyone, and that gets to, to the democratized part. Uh, we don't say that with any political connotation. It is literally everything that TRX does, by definition, has to be portable, affordable, you know, high utility, and, and highly scalable. So no barrier to utilization of our stuff 
based upon gender or age or ability. Um, you know, the, what makes the same suspension trainer that the baddest ass UFC fighters on earth train on, what makes that right for their grandmother, too, is the programming and the program design that, you know, that we, that we map so that the exercises that are performed on it for the grandmother, it may be unloading. Right? It may be a safety net to keep her from sort of falling over right or left because maybe she has diminished balance. Right. On the other end, you know, the, the, uh, the MMA athlete, well, they want asymmetric load with as destabilized and as heavy, as heavy uh, a load and a, at an intensity that is, you know, off the chart. Same tool, different programming. And, and so, you know, in that respect, we, we talk a lot about our stuff being able to be used with everyone from the pros to the Joes. Uh, but that's our mission, to democratize world-class training. And, uh, and I think that to tie this back to your question about obesity, that's where the opportunity for us really lies, is that, yeah, we validated with all of these, you know, in, in the healthy part of, of the economy with, with clubs, with, you know, athletic programs and, and elite athletes the world over, but where we really want to get is to migrate that across to, you know, everyone, everywhere uh, across uh, North America. Well, you said I was watching a, a video on you that the Stanford Business Department had, had put together. And you were saying that there was a time with TRX that you that you went through where you, you thought it was one thing. And then it became when you first started selling it, it became clear that it's something else. What was that about? Is that what you're just describing now? Well, I mean, we've, we've made, you know, maybe I, again, I, I go back to the SEAL teams. You know, one of the things that you have to learn early in special operations is you have a plan and it needs to be a good one and it needs to be well rehearsed, but you better have, you know, plan two, three, and four as contingency plans in case, as it very often happens, the first one becomes, you know, irrelevant immediately out the gate and you have to be able to flow seamlessly and adjust. And that's the real strength of, of SEALs is yep. they are incredibly adaptable and, uh, and willing to change when faced with a reality that's different than you expected. So to take it to TRX, you know, um, initially I thought that we were going to be uh, primarily focused on fitness when you didn't have a gym, it became pretty clear pretty quickly. You know, I went to my first trade show just on a lark, which was Idea World 2000. It was the, the very end of 2004. And literally, I went by myself at a, you know, that, that crazy door thing that I was talking about. And we sold out of every strap we had. And so I had my, my part-time assistant slash waitress overnight me Everything else I had in that pathetic little rat-infested hovel that, that I worked in right. um, overnight down to San Diego so that, you know, the show's three days. First day, we sold out of everything. Second day, we had no product, but we were basically <laughs> selling futures on paper. And then the third day, all the rest of the straps I had in existence showed up there, and we sold out of them. So I went back to San Francisco with not a single unit of product and inventory. And that was one of those moments where I went, wow, wait a minute. I thought I was headed in this kind of more retail travel-based fitness direction, but maybe the market's telling me that trainers really value this thing. So we adjusted over there. And then the second piece of that, of, of, of that question that you asked is, I 
think what you're referring to was when, as we started to migrate away from being kind of a, a gear company to what I now define as a training company. And that, that's because I had this thing that nobody know, knew how to use, right. right? Trainers, trainers would buy it, but then immediately, of course, and correctly, they'd say, Hey, do you guys have a course? Well, the answer was, uh, why, yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> we're printing we're it today. To soon, yeah, you know? yeah that, that little poster didn't quite cut it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Very quickly, you, you kind of want more. Yeah. And so I met this, uh, this cat named Fraser Quelch, uh, who you know, subsequently has built uh, quite a reputation in the industry and, and, and won uh, you know, presenter of the year in, in just about every one of the organizations that has such a thing. And Fraser and I teamed up and he built the first course for TRX uh, to, to animate what then nobody, nobody wanted to refer, you know, I was the only guy ever talking about suspension training. Um, and, uh, and that's how we became an education company, which was different than I originally thought. I thought right. we were a gear company. So I, uh, tell me a little bit, I was talking to Noah Rolland about, uh, about you in the, the, the early stages. Um, talk about that working out of the garage, working out of your car, going around selling this product. I mean, we're uh, good stories that came out of that experience. Entertaining. I'm not sure how good they are. Uh, Entertain us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, literally, I, I was, uh, there were some early, really desperate times because, uh, you know, I, I spent 14 years as a commando and, you know, the, the mass of uh, wealth that I accumulated during that time frame was about 50 grand over 14 years, right? Wow. So, uh, I mean, at the zenith of my of my career as a squadron commander at the special missions unit, I think I made 89 grand a year, and that was, you know, doing things maybe 300 days a year that could kill you. <laughs> so you don't go into that business uh, to get rich. Right. Um, but I came out and I I had no money, um, and I ended up, you know, getting this little place that had been just recently vacated by a defunct car stereo uh, shop. And I didn't, I didn't change anything. I just moved in there and assembled, you know, the first, I remember we had a, an assembly party where the first thousand units that I had all came in different pieces and everything from the, from the plastic flats that you would have bought the same when yeah. the, the acrylic case, well, they came flat and had to be folded by hand. And so I had just graduated uh, from Stanford and um, and I, I think I enlisted, you know, six or eight of my of my newly minted Stanford MBA classmates and got my dad to buy himself a, a ticket. You know, my dad's a dentist and got, got him to buy himself a ticket and come up. And we spent three days from dawn to dusk folding and assembling these these things only on Sunday night out of the thousand to have gotten to 400 units assembled, right? And the rest was sitting there and all the guys were like, geez, thanks, Randy. That was, that's there is not fun. enough beer and pizza in the world to help you on this. <laughs> they, had been, they had been plied with as much beer and pizza as they could take. Uh, and so the, uh, they all went off on their own and went home. And I sat there staring pathetically at this pile of, of 600 yet to be assembled. <laughs> and I, I called up my manufacturer, the guy who was, who, who had been sort of, uh, 
you know, threatened into manufacturing some stuff for me by my, by my buddies in the Hong Kong SWAT team. And uh, I said, uh, Andrew, would you, uh, what would you charge me to assemble these things? And, you know, you have to envision, I, my friends at the time in the evening were the rats. They would come out and hang out <laughs> on the floor around me, and they'd, they'd just sort of sit and look at me and probably think, God, this guy's pathetic. And <laughs> so I called, you know, on, it was middle of the night, my time. I called over and I was talking to him and I said, what would you charge me to assemble these? And he said, oh, Randy, uh, very expensive, very expensive. And I, I said, well, I, I understand, but, you know, I think it just may make sense for me to bite the bullet and, and do that with you because uh, I my, my, my time is better used selling and doing, you know, Elevated things, <laughs> business plans, raising money. You know. I went to Stanford. Uh, Randy, I will get back to you. I said, all right. So he called me back a couple hours later. He said, all right. Like I said, very expensive. I said, all right. Give it to me. He said, maybe as much as 20 cents per package. <laughs> now imagine, I've just had six newly minted Stanford MBAs and a doctor working for three days to assemble 400 of these <laughs> at 20 cents per piece that would have cost me $80 <laughs> <laughs> so, you know so I I said Andrew that that is very expensive um, <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to go w- with that and <laughs> that I packed all the crap back up on a pallet and called UPS and said ship this shit back to Hong Kong <laughs> And that was my first story of, uh, of of my pathetic little existence and fielding some inventory. No, learning to delegate. That's what you were. Uh, yeah, that's not to assume, right? <laughs> but that's a common theme among all the people we've interviewed. Uh, so I have a there's a, there's a lot of interesting stories we heard. I have a question. First of all, who is your mentor? Who, whether it's in business, whether it's in the health and fitness industry, whether it's you know, uh, your original commander when you went into the Navy, who was the guy or the girl who really uh, affected you the most? Wow. Well, I mean, I, I've had, God, I think I've been so fortunate to have incredible mentors, um, you know, and I've lived long enough. I just turned 48 this weekend and, uh, you know, and had some really fundamentally different experiences from college into uh, the SEAL teams, during the SEAL teams, I went and worked on Capitol Hill for a couple of years as the special ops lobbyist, and then back to the SEAL teams, uh, again, operationally before going to Stanford and then starting this. And there have been a lot. I mean, I, 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 I had great leaders uh, in the military. Uh, one of the guys who, who I really viewed as a friend and mentor uh, is now the, the head of the Special Operations Command, Bill McRaven. Um, and so many others that I almost feel guilty not mentioning them all, but I can't, of course, mm-hmm. um, because we'd run out of time and they wouldn't want their names. Yeah, the music's going to start playing. You're going to have to get <laughs> off the stage. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, now in, in business, I mean, I had, I had great mentor. My, my, my closest mentor during business school uh, was Garth Solaner, who's now the dean of the business school. Um, and, and then as I went out into the business community, uh, you know, I made – made very good friends early on with Kevin Plank at Under Armour. He's been a huge inspiration to me. Um, you know, one of our marquee athletes early on, Drew Brees, very good friend and just constantly inspires me. And then of, of all the guys in the training space, and I have so many 
so many great trainers that I that I admire. One of my closest friends, Todd Durkin, has been a real uh, source. You know, he and I kind of started our businesses at the same time, and he's been an incredible source of, of inspiration and information, and uh, has been a real mentor to me uh, on the training side of the house. And you know, I've had great guys in the company, uh, really great. Fraser Quelch, Chris Frankel, uh, one of my partners, Joe DiGiulio. It's it's uh, you know, I feel like I've been uh, I've been really uh, blessed in that respect to have great great people that I know personally and then professionally. You know, you guys mentioned Steve Jobs. He was one of the early inspirations for me in, in his meticulous focus on detail. And Richard Branson, you know, has been a guy that I have admired tremendously in just taking. You think about the power of what Rich Branson has done with a brand, right? Yep. Just the Virgin brand. I mean, Jobs did it with the brand and some amazing technology and, and product design. Richard Branson has done it purely with a brand, his own sense of charisma and leadership, and then uh, the ability to extend that across a variety of different types of businesses. And I just think those guys are amazing. Yeah. So. Just quick question. And, and clarify this. What We heard a story that said when you were first uh, looking to start TRX, one of your, I don't know if we call him a mentor or not, but somebody said, don't do it. Is that is that a true story? Yeah, it happened twice. One of my other great mentors, a guy named Leo Hendry. Um, Leo, uh, you, know, you know... You should listen to people sometimes. But yeah, I know. Again. <laughs> both, Garth, both Garth Solaner at Stanford and Leo, uh, two great mentors of mine, both said... Randy, don't do this. We can get you, like, with your background, almost any job that you would want, right, and, and make real money, and uh, don't do this. Uh, Garth called it uh, in his first interview. He said, yeah, I thought he was nuts. He had a, a seatbelt with stirrups on the end of it, and he told me he was going to go make a business out of it. And uh, so, yeah, two, two of my very close advisors told me that I was nuts. But, you know, and they were right, actually. They were 100% correct. It, you got to be. Absolutely improbable, and if I was a betting man, I would bet against me, knowing what I know today. But fortunately, you know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how did you – I want to know. So tell me more about getting out there, getting out there. You, you, you hit a trade show. You saw something special there. You, you sent them back to Hong Kong. They assembled the rest of the 600. I'm sure you got them back. How did you get into this industry? How did you break in? I mean, I know you – you know, door-to-door knocking. What, what, how did that happen? Well, that is, uh, it's, it's hard to stay focused on our webcam here looking at the, the, the convergence of the, the, uh, the basketball hoop and the marlin uh, in Hussein's office, but I will do my best. Um, we all have our own equipment hanging on walls. Yeah, I've got, I've got all sorts of stuff in here. We can, we've got, here, I'll show you. I'll give you a quick tour. I've got my uh, little remote control helicopter. <laughs> Here, this this might make it easier for you to 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 talk. Go ahead. The Freddy Krueger mask. Oh, thank you. It does. I'll tell you what I'm going to want to see there as a condition of this interview is afterward. I want to see a wall mount with a damn suspension trainer hanging from it. Listen, uh, you got it. I'll do, listen, you can send one of your professional trainers to teach me not to fall on my freaking face every time I do this thing. You know, we, we put we put a uh, another patented feature on the new models. To, to prevent um, guys like you from, from, from harming yourself in your, in your zeal for... An IQ test? <laughs> well, I will send one of those ones with a wall mount. Oh, I'm sorry, Lee, back to your, to your question. 
question. I just was, I couldn't quite get my head around the basketball hoop and the Marlin right yeah. next to each other. Welcome to life here. Yeah. The, the, um, I literally got into this, to the business by, by going out in the most, um, you know, kind of naive missionary utter certainty and just going. And, and I found that, you know, with my background, if I, if I just said, Hey, look, I got this, this, this training system that you've never seen. Uh, a lot of elite guys in the military really like it. And, you know, Mr. Fitness Manager, if you just give me, you know, half hour with your trainers, I'll come in, you know, it'll cost you nothing. I'll leave a couple units there for you. And, and your only investment is you offer this up to your training staff at the time that you tell me and I'll be there and I'll guarantee that, you know, a handful of them will come away from it going, wow, that thing is pretty amazing. And that was, and I did it over and over and over. And it's funny because now when I travel around, I will occasionally find myself in, in this deja vu moment where I've driven by some pathetic little gym. And I'm thinking to myself, why, why does it feel like I've been here? And then I remember, because I have been here. <laughs> I've been here, you know, I pulled up in my rental car, took my shoulder bag out of the back with my straps, went in and talked to six or eight trainers and, and showed them, you know, you, you got the guys that walk up and they're the big lifters and giving you the stink eye and you know what this clown going to show me and you know a half hour later they're like holy shit yeah this thing just crushed me so did they you know, did, and, did they get so it right I, I've away got, I've, I've got to ask a question Lee you 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 because I had the same experience when we first started motion stuff we would drive around doing demos for anybody who who'd give us two minutes um, what are some of the craziest places you've done demos. Oh man! I mean, yours has got to be crazier than mine because you can set up anywhere. Well, well, I will tell you one of the funniest is is that I did a demo for the publisher of Rolling Stone magazine in the hallway, uh, latched up to the men's room door, and people had to keep coming and stepping over us <laughs> to go in and take a leak. And and it was it had to be the most ridiculous place I've ever done a demo, but. But I, I've done them, you know, just about – I mean, look, the, the company uh, still, the, whole, the holding company is Fitness Anywhere, LLC, and, and that started as a marketing slogan that I created to describe what we were doing. It was the world-class fitness anywhere. So I've done demos from trees. I've done it, you know, under spider-ridden deck, uh, you, you know, decks that hang out from people's houses. I've done them uh, – you know, in all kinds of, of different military, uh, you know, environments, um, everywhere from these world, world-class training facilities to, you know, uh, I, did, I did something. My grandmother recently turned 100 uh, two weeks ago. Wow. And I, and I had done a, a, a little demo in her room off of a door for some of her friends in a senior assisted living facility. So <laughs> there's no place that's too crazy for me to go and do a demo on my straps, uh, even up till today. Do you always have a, do you always have straps on you? I mean, ready to go at any time? Oh yeah. 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 Because you know, it's, it's, it's just become such a part of my life huh? that I can't go more than a few days without hanging on the straps. And, uh, and now with a rip trainer, but I, I've become a, I get to be a, a baby all over again. You know, Pete Holman and Jeff Hewling, two, two great guys that joined TRX, uh, rolled their, their embryonic startup into TRX. Uh, they created the Rip Trainer, which is an amazing, amazing tool. 
and I got to, you know, kind of start all over again from the ground up. So I'm rarely found without a pair of, 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 of the sticks that, uh, that screw together and create the rip trainer as well. So, so when you were out there at the beginning and you, you got the meetings, you demo anywhere, I mean, did they get it right away or were you still fighting an uphill battle once you had the meeting? No, it was, it was interesting. They, they didn't really get it right away because, as you guys now know, right, the, the suspension trainer works in a way that's different than anything else. And it's, it's what's allowed us to become a staple item in every world-class training center on earth. It's not because they don't have good gear. They do. It's just that the suspension trainer works in a very different way and does some very different things. And so early on, you know, I used to describe it to people that, that it, it inverts reality that, that most of us are familiar with in the gym. You know, generally the weight moves, the body stays still. The cable moves, the body stays still. With a suspension trainer, that doesn't happen. It's non-elastic, right? Wow. I never thought about it, though. It's a really interesting way of thinking about it. It doesn't move. The body moves around it mm-hmm. and under it and over it, you know, and well, through I should, Let me just mention, only if you're doing it the right way. The way I do it, I, I'm, it's like a swing in third grade. I can't keep the thing straight. That's all right. As long as you're having fun, you know, it's, it's serving its purpose. But so early on, it was it was one of these. It was strange that the more experience somebody had, some of the you know the really experienced S and C coaches that had big Olympic lifting backgrounds, they had a hard time getting their head around it. And those guys tend to be a little bit stratified stratified in the way that they think. You know, they they've got their system, they they don't they don't really want to change it until it becomes just impossible not to incorporate something that's new. Um, and you know, and then once they do, then they become great advocates. But uh, no, it was it was definitely an uphill battle for for a long time. I mean, anybody who thinks that anybody who thinks TRX is an overnight success, which I hear sometimes, like man, if you only knew, right? That first night was the longest winter in history. Hmm. <laughs> At what point did you did it did it turn? At what point were you like, I'm no longer working my ass off to get this in front of people. It's it's kind of starting to move itself i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> when that happens it it's you know i think our big breakout and you you kind of have i don't you know i like gladwell's tipping point concept i think actually the way it really works in life or certainly with a bootstrap startup is there's a series of, of smaller tipping. tipping points where you go from complete obscurity to partial obscurity to just sort of obscurity, and then eventually you start to poke through into the realm of the of the recognized. And uh, you know, we had some big breaks. Uh, probably one of the biggest breaks was was, I mean, no doubt the biggest break was my recognition that hey, wait a minute, this tool serves pros really well. You know, whether it's coaches, trainers, personal personal trainers, physical therapists, group fitness instructors. It's a great tool for them. And that was an epiphany because, you know, what you get from those guys is they're the world's biggest skeptics at first. But if you've got a great solution they, and they adopt it and they invest in it because it works for them, then they become the greatest ambassadors that you could ever have. And each one of them touches two or 300 end users right. per year, right? So they introduce it at a rate far beyond anything you could ever afford to do through marketing. 
Right. Um, so that was kind of the big first break. And then the big public break, um, you know, when Drew Brees tore his labrum, Todd Durkin was his trainer, you know, and he, he was cut from, from the Chargers uh, and was working with him to rehabbing and a right shoulder labor tear for a right-handed quarterback is not a good thing. And Drew, you know, was in some real risk and the, the, the TRX became a big piece of his rehab, then his, his ongoing progressive training, and then eventually, you know, as, it, as often happens when people find us through the physical therapy window, they start hurt. By the time that they're well, they're hooked. And then they, then they find that it'll take them places where, where they've never been before. And Drew did a, you know, I, I, I gave him as much stuff as, you know, I mean, whatever Todd asked me for, Todd gets. And that's how, that's how that works. And, uh, and so Drew then wanted to take care of us, and he arranged for an uh, article with Sports Illustrated um, where he was hanging on the straps, right, and talked about them, did a, did a great job pitching them for us, and we just exploded uh, relative to where we had been. Right. You know, we really exploded. Um, and, and, you know, there were a couple of other PR, PR moments like that that really moved us up, up the, the ladder to where we can start making some money. Do you think Drew Brees would be interested in having his own club management software <laughs> that uh, we could hand over yep. to him? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something really interesting, Randy. Your story uh, and the story you just told us about sort of how, you know, you, have, you go to one per, you sort of train the trainer, if you will, uh, and, and getting out into market, it, it's very similar to how Tom Campanero from Total Gym started. And he, he actually did the same thing. He said, at first, I was trying to sell to every single individual. Interestingly enough, dentists were one of his first buyers. Um, maybe your dad, you just don't know it yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he said, what Anything, you know? <laughs> Well, what, what he said was he actually went to personal trainers and they would get people to start using the, uh, the total gym. And then as they, as they became well, they would then buy one for their home. And um, so that, that's a, a sort of a common theme we also hear with a lot of the entrepreneurs in this industry. Yeah, and, and, and Tom's been another guy who I, who I really appreciate in the industry. Um, you know, Tom had an opportunity early on to, to have invested in TRX and to have been on the board. And at the time... He said, I, I, I'm kind of busy, but I'm happy to help you now and then. And, and, he, and he has, and he's a great guy. And I, I'm sure that he regrets the day that he decided that he didn't want in, but, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I think, the sim, I think our, our stories have been similar in that respect. Yeah. So, is, w interestingly, we always ask this question, which is, what's the worst decision you made in fitness? Or what's the worst decision you made in business? Tom did not say passing on TRX, but next time I talk to him, <laughs> I'll make sure to mention that to him. What's the worst? I mean, you, you, you clearly have gotten, had a couple lucky moments, the blue belt in the, uh, um, in the bag. But what's the worst decision you've made? Oh, man, I've made plenty. Um, huh. that, that, that's, a, that's a, you know, fortunately, none of them have been fatal. Um, but, uh, there've been a few near fatal ones, you know, I, I think, um, probably the thematically, the worst decision is just to try to do too much at the same time. And you end up spreading yourselves and your, you know, your efforts, your energies, your resources so thin that not only do you not move rapidly through your objectives, but what you don't realize is how much you're increasing the risk factor on, on your survival, mm -hmm. right? Because when you spread a little bit of resources that thinly and then a couple of hiccups come along, now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, it's like overloading a boat at sea. 
Right. Right. You, you, you're moving slower from point A to point B, which has its own risks, but it doesn't take much of a wave to come over, you know, the, the, the starboard quarter. And next thing you know, the whole thing is sinking. And, and so I, I think I've probably made that mistake a few times without really recognizing it was happening. Um, and, and, and just, you know, gotten way too close to the red line. So how'd you uh, fix it? I'm sorry. How, how did you fix that within yourself? How did you learn that and change your upper operating style? Well, again, I'll let You'll you know me. when I have it fully. <laughs> Recurring theme. You know, it's it's. I, I'm not insane, right? And the definition of insanity being, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. So I do adapt and pretty quickly. And and you know, it's 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 starting to realize that hey, in a world we've never done anything yet that hasn't worked, and that's a blessing and a curse, right? If 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 everything keeps working. You keep thinking, well, geez, the opportunities just are there. We've got to take them. But I think now what we're doing is we're, we're realizing, hey, sometimes by, you know, there's a saying, there's a saying in, in the SEAL teams about, you know, coming, coming up on a target, coming out of the holster with a, with a weapon. Smooth is fast, right? And I'm starting to realize that applying that in business makes a lot of sense. Mm. Sometimes smoother is faster. Right. And that trying to shoot for 100% year-over-year growth may in fact derail you. Shooting for 20% year-over-year growth for 10 years, right? It gets you to a big number fast, but in a way that's smooth and in a way that doesn't, you know, cause you to miss delivering on your brand promise with your customers. That's I, cool. I got to say, I read a whole bunch of business books, and, you know, and, and interestingly, uh, less Steve Jobs, but definitely uh, Branson is somebody I, I, I follow up on uh, and read about. And in all the books I've read over the last 10 years, most of them have the same basic uh, sort of words they use and repetitiveness. Smooth is fast is one of the – it's the, one of the first new ideas I've heard in a very yeah. long time. Yeah. That's a really and, – and obviously the, the influence of the seals in your – in your life, in your business, in uh, every aspect, it sounds like, ha has affected you uh, So, in building the culture of TRX. Yeah, it has. And I, and I would definitely want to give credit to the SEAL teams for that because I was, you know, pummeled into my head as a junior officer trying to come out of the holster. Smooth is fast, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of migrating that to business has been sort of my, you know, extension of that. But but I I, uh, I did not coin that term, and I want you guys no, to no. quote me correctly. I, um, but it, it's one, it's awesome. I love it. Well, the beyond. So you asked about about the influence on our culture, and and it's you know I mean if, if there is there's so many things that, that the seals and special operations do really well. I think the best of all is they really understand the power of culture, because you know how you get guys. To, to, you know, deploy nine months a year in environments that can kill them. Even every day when you're training, you're doing stuff that can very easily kill you. Uh, and during my career, I knew a lot more guys that, that got killed or severely injured in training than ever on real missions. Mm. Um, how do you get guys to do that and to be away from their families and to make essentially no money, right? The only way that works is if you build a culture that is so strong Sure. That, you know, number one, they believe in that mission. And number two, 
everything they do, they're doing for the guy to the left and the right of them. And I really, you know, I, I, number one, I really missed that when I was no longer in it after I'd left and joined the soft underbelly of the civilian world. Um, and, and so I, I really wanted to create an organization that was flat, that was very collaborative, that, you know, was competitive, um, sometimes, you know, in, in a very healthy way, sometimes maybe a little too competitive. Um, and that was fun because, man, in the SEAL teams, even, even in the darkest moments, like there is a sense of kind of dark black humor, right, that is, that is gallows humor would be the, the, the way sure. that, that you'd describe it, that makes the place fun. I mean, it's just hard not to enjoy your time there while you have it. So we, we, you know, slowly but surely, I mean, we gentrified it a little bit for the, for the civilians. And, uh, you know, it's, it's softer and a little kinder, a little less Lord of the Flies-like maybe than, than the SEALs uh, were. But, but we have an, a cultural acronym, you know, Face Up. And, and that's it's fun, authentic, competitive, effective, united and physical those are the those are the elements of our culture at trx that we celebrate every day and that we that we reinforce and that we build our stories around to to try to create a you know a culture that is similar to uh the one that i that i enjoyed as a seal so you said you'll let me know when you've when you've hit that level of success but uh, tell me a little bit about because Noah was telling me that you have definitely had times where you're wearing your TRX shirt and people come up to you and show you their tattoos. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. I mean, I I, I love it. I, you know, we had some guys had some guys up from Chile that had uh, you, you know we've got a few registered trademarks and one of them is Make Your Body Your Machine. I've been using that since the day I started the company and uh, you know a guy came up and showed showed me his calf and Make Your Body Your Machine tattooed you know up the back of his leg. Um, and it's just, it's fun to see the kind of passion that people have around our brand. I've had, you know, a lot of trainers and coaches come up and man, you know, I was so burned out. I've been doing this job for a long time and then I found your stuff and it just really? totally, you know, reinvigorated me. And that, that's an awesome thing to, to, you know, to get to have been part of. And I'm, I'm just that I'm just part of it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the asshole that got the thing rolling, but, but <laughs> I've, I've assembled a great team that that has has really helped take this thing up and to the right, and and it's been fun to just be part of that. So, question about TRX itself and and some of its success. Um, certainly, you would would you care for? Let me ask you this question so you get the answer. Um, it, do you consider TRX functional training? Oh. Do I ever functionally? I mean, it, it, it was that's another piece of good luck, right? I mean, I didn't plan for the suspension trainer to have been a piece of functional training gear. There was no such discussion going that's on when right. I created it, right? It just happens to be that it's maybe the most functional training oriented piece of equipment ever because it moves the way the body moves, right? Sure. It just allows you to load or unload that natural body movement that can be made as much like a, a training objective for sport or for life as you want to make it. So yeah, it's absolutely, I mean, TRX is, is the leading brand in functional training right now. And our goal is to become, you know, the world leader of functional training. Um, so we've got a ways to go. 
So when you – clearly that's had a huge impact on, on the trajectory of the company, right? Um, do you think that's had a bigger impact or uh, the fact that uh, small group X in health clubs has been such a huge area of revenue for club owners and gym owners and independent gym owners uh, that that's also uh, – and, and TRX is definitely a premium class in my, in my opinion. Well, we – you know, it's, that's the other the, – there have been a number of things that we've been innovators on, and and you, you know you go back. I mean, people weren't talking about group training five years ago. Ryan Damon, who's who heads my commercial group, uh, came in and and said, "Look, you know, our stuff is too hard to do in giant groups. It, it's yep. logistically challenging. This is when we were just doing suspension training." And he said, "But." You know, the way you use it, the SEAL teams, the way the sports teams are using it now, it's small group, you know, yep. 12, group training. Where we should really be putting our stake in the ground is around group training, small group training. And we came out with our TRX team program. Nobody was talking about team training, right? So now you, you hear a lot about, oh, we have team training programs. Well, that all started at TRX. And there were the only really people doing small group then were Pilates groups. Pilates, yeah, I was going to say, yep. And and so you know it has it has really taken off, and I mean we we've helped uh, kind of through trial and error define the business model around it, um, and I, I think that that certainly is a is a big piece of our success now, and and will be I think long into the future. Um, I don't remember the first part of the question that went with that. It, it was something. Me on neither. Me neither. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? And, and we're, we're, running, we're running sort of out on time, so I want to make gotcha. sure that we get whatever else you think is important. There are. There, I've, got, I've got about ten questions. They're going to be very, very quick. All right. Uh, in third grade, when you were playing dodgeball and they were picking teams, were you the captain, were you the first kid picked, or likely the last kid picked? Third grade, I was the last kid. Good to see you, buddy. There is hope for us. There is hope for us. Okay. Next, uh, next set of questions. These are going to be really quick. I had pneumonia six – I hospitalized for pneumonia six times before I was 10 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had chronic uh, asthma, allergies, so I definitely would have been the last one. Wow. Ah, very were you, over, were you right. overweight? No, I was no. scrawny. Scrawny, gotcha. All right. Well, I can make fun of you. I can make fun of third grade, third grade Randy. Not so much anymore. Um, we're we're going to play a, a word association game. We've played it with every single person we've interviewed. Uh, I'm going to give you a word. You're going to give me the first word that pops into your mind. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. This is going to be just about the most difficult thing you've ever done in your entire life. Uh, if, you, if you make it through it, you can call yourself a gym class hero. All right. Which is First just word. above Navy SEAL Commander. Yeah, just above Navy SEAL Commander. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you a word. You just tell me the first word that pops into your mind. Uh, and tell me when you're ready, Randy. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right. First word, treadmill. Running. Member. Gym. Employee. Team. Retention. Profit. Diet. Health. Exercise. Fitness. The biggest loser. 
emotion. Spotting. Huh? Spotting, like uh, when you're lifting weight and the guy has to help you. Oh. Uh, effort. Healthcare. Medicine. Technology. Leverage. The Nintendo Wii Fit. Fun. Locker room. Authentic. Gym class. Youth. You are off the hook. I'm going to ask you one last question. Tell us the story about the TRX that's hanging out behind you there uh, uh, and the signatures on it, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, uh, we, if, if we, I think, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Oh, well, there you go. So there's, you can see uh, behind me, uh, for those who can't see, I have a whiteboard with some gibberish on it and the Minotaur that, that guards uh, our next secret project. Uh, but, but it's between underneath a a picture of Bethany Hamilton uh, training on, uh, and she's she's just an amazing amazing human being that inspires the hell out of me. Uh, you know, you ride 20 foot waves with one arm. One arm, yeah. badass. Uh, and then you know, to the to the to to my left, your right, there's a picture of the operation on which uh, we were rehearsing when I created the very first suspension trainer, which, there you go. Wow. Blue belt with some uh, riser webbing attached to it. Uh, and, then, and then we've got a whole bunch of other, uh, whole bunch of other models uh, over the years that hang to remind me of, of the various roads that we have been down, some of which were brilliant, some of which less so. Uh, and, uh, and then a pair of Brian Stan's fight shorts. That's what you see in the background. Very cool. Well, you, sir, are truly uh, worthy of the title of uh, Navy SEAL Commander, uh, USC graduate, Stanford MBA, uh, and now you can add to that resume, uh, you've been interviewed for gym class heroes. So <laughs> for that, you can, you can certainly put it on your resume, and they can call us for references if they want. Well, I don't know where I can possibly go from there, but thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, you've peaked at 48. Uh, hopefully your 49th and 50th years will be just as good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll tell you well, when you get there. Thank you very much, and uh, and I look forward to uh, to hearing uh, who's next on you guys' hit list, and uh, and I wish you all the best uh, in your in your in your continued uh, adventure. Thank you, thank sir. you, Randy. All right, guys. Bye bye. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. This has been Gym Class Heroes of Fitness. <laughs>